Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Net Worth Podcast, where we talk all things WTA and handicap the WTA. I'm Noops, and joining me as always, but sounding a little different today, guys, all the way from California, spread a stare. How's it going? Let the people I'm hear your great. new sound. I'm using my budget headphones. We'll see how this works out for us. That's right. Our, uh, our intern was telling us that Spreads Feed, for whatever reason, was giving us a whole bunch of crap. So we're going to try something out for them. And if it doesn't work again, you know, we get to blame it on the intern, which is great. Sounds like a good plan, doesn't it, Jorge? Absolutely. Why not? As long as it's not me that gets blamed. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. All right, guys. Let's talk a little bit about Miami last week. I think that was a really fun tournament. We had a lot of big names and a lot of fun matches. The final, um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Was that final maybe a little bit of a letdown based on some of the great tennis we saw this week? What do you think, Fred? Definitely. Um, you know, Pliskova, you know, I mean, and they, they hammered on it. I mean, they were overdid it on the announcing team, and that's kind of one of my criticisms of Everett as an announcer. She she was so talented. She always just – she thinks everything's mental because I think the game just came so easy to her. You know, it's always about trying and effort. I think she harped on it a little too much, but it was evident, you know, without listening to her over uh, – explaining it on the feed that she wasn't herself. She was tired. She said so um, in the coaching exchange with Conchita Martinez. Um, and it really surprised me because she had a day off in between. I could understand if she had played till 3 the night before and then played the next day. But you would think with the extra day, she would have been rested. But obviously, um, fatigue kicked in, and it, it kind of made it an ugly final with her not chasing down the balls. Um, she did some Curio-style return games where she just kind of stood there and watched the ball go by her. So overall, I was disappointed. But at the same time, uh, definitely don't want to just spend too much time harping on that. Uh, we have to give credit to Ash Barty because she took advantage of it. You know, when you have a player looking like that, you don't want to – um, give them any hope, give them a glimmer, you know, let them back in the match at all. And she didn't. She played excellently, uh, played consistently, got her first serve in, and, um, you know, really kind of announced her arrival as a top 10 player on the tour. So what do you think, Jorge? Was that more about Ashley Barty being really great or uh, Pliskova not being so great? I think it was primary Ashley Barty. I think um, the way she's been playing all year, I didn't I didn't realize she was 18-3 and three on the season until, you know, I looked back on Tennis Explorer yesterday and, and thought, holy cow, like she's been playing really, really well. Um, I, because she, I don't think she'd won a tournament yet. We hadn't really uh, talked about her standing out too much. But, you know, 18 wins are uh, an incredible number. I think I'm including a Fed Cup in that. But, you know, Keys and Kennan are very, very solid wins at that level too. So losing to Kvitova twice uh, is nothing to be ashamed about. Losing to Alina Svitolina on a slow quarter at Indian Wells in three sets is also nothing to be ashamed about. So, um, you know, it's it's been an incredible year for her, and uh, and she she's well-deserving of her first uh, Premier Mandatory and her uh, top 10 debut. An absolute, um, you know, wrecking ball performance all week, or over the fortnight, I guess, was two weeks um, from her. And, and, yeah, you know, Carolina wasn't playing the top of her game, but at this point I think it was primarily Barty just – really finding her groove it's the 14th uh, tournament we've had this year and our 14th winner so i think that speaks to again the volume of talent that we have at this time in the wta there were so many good matches and so many great players this week but ash barty really really stuck out spread anybody else from you last week that you want to talk about oh of course uh, we can't end this uh great tournament in miami without mentioning annette contavite yeah um, who played fantastically um, you know, Ooh. we were having a lot of fun with you in the chat. You know, we we're hoping that she would win Ooh. and, you know, <laughs> trying to get her to buck her um, 
above average hardcore stats, but um, overall it was fun to see her play well. You know, she's had that uh, for you know the hardcore watchers of the tour. She's had the talent in the game, and you know, obviously most people do prefer the power. Um, and she can she can dial up the big ground stroke. She's got good movement mm-hmm. and a pretty good serve. So mm-hmm. um, I definitely thought her performance here was was one to watch. And um, you know, speaking of the final, she definitely put up more of a fight than Pliskova did. Um, so you got to give her credit, and she'll be fun to watch going into her preferred surface clay this summer. Yeah, we just can't push. Uh, we can't push him off uh noopsy's nerdy numbers it's an alliteration <laughs> he's he's got his noopsy's nerdy numbers hate contivate and he refuses to back off them absolutely <laughs> i I'd, i still can't believe that she that she beat stinking Che in that match i still I'm am just so kind of reel it reeling from that i know you guys <laughs> love that i can only imagine how happy you guys for love that. all the way back i was oh my beautiful. god what the hell but, you know, she had a nice week. Good for her. I will probably be on her quite a bit on clay, but I will continue to say that she's overpriced on hard courts. Um, anybody else you wanted to talk about, Jorge? No, no. It was, it was a fun two weeks. You know, I, I didn't – for some reason, Miami never intrigues me nearly as much as, as most other tournaments. So I'm glad to be back to our uh, smaller events where I think we can uh, – one thing I do want to say before we move on is a lot of people will message and, and they're getting geared up to bet on Indian Wells and Miami and Grand Slams. Folks, this is like, you know, betting on on the the Super Bowl or the biggest NFL games of the week. The lines are always going to be the tightest at these tournaments. You should be you should be looking forward to betting the Monterey's or the Charleston uh, Charleston's and, uh, you know, a lot of international events where you're going to find much, much uh, more value in the prices of players. So don't don't get ready for these big premier mandatory tournaments and you know get excited and there's there's fewer matches to bet to find errors there's uh, the lines are much tighter that's one thing i think people mistake about tennis is the casual or the the, the regular better of, of north american sports uh doesn't necessarily understand that these are not the biggest tournaments to find the best value if that's what you're looking for yeah, that's true of, of gambling i think for any sport and just in general anytime you have an event where there's more people getting into a market there's more opportunity there it, it becomes a more efficient market especially when there's more attention over it and i think you saw that with the lines in indian wells you saw that with the lines in miami um you know i tend to be more of a volume handicapper but even i think i was putting out less picks than I normally do i'll have to go back and look at that what do you think about that concept spread yeah i agree the only time that i think that sometimes you can get the numbers off is that um like take the the recent ncaa tournament there's so much casual money and actually i'm part of the casual money you know, just because it's so fun to just, you know, maybe not even my normal size bet, but, you know, put a little money down and root with the game game because you know that everybody's kind of watching it. Um, and I think that sometimes that can create opportunities because I think that the casual bettors can move lines and you can take advantage of line movements. But overall, um, you know, you're right, especially when you're trying to bet into openers. I think that it's a lot harder to bet into the openers. I think with, on these huge public events where the value is is trying to find the incorrect line movements that the public's steaming. Yeah, you got to be careful of that always. Don't don't ever chase the steam. You know, it's such a hard concept to actually ever figure out. Yeah. And if it's already happened, you've missed out. You've missed out on the good Boy, place. I, it's too late. I'll tell you that happened to me this morning. I looked. I woke up and I was looking at uh, one of the challenger matches overseas, and I thought, man. This price is is might have a little value in it, and then you hover over the number on odds portal, and you realize you've missed thirty cents already. And I'm like, damn it, market's already corrected. And that's that's also where you have to realize, even if you still like them to win, when you're thirty cents behind the eight ball already, just move on. 
you're, you're, if you're looking at five cents of value on a on a 1.70 line, the, the margin's so thin. Don't don't you know throw go find something else where you can find your 10 to 15 cents where you think the bookies have have completely missed the price, right? And I, I hate when that happens, but it with European time zones and Pinnacle sometimes releasing their openers at 4 a.m. Eastern, it, it happens all too often. Totally agree. So with that in mind, let's jump into the smaller. Well, tournament real quick, can I mention two more people from Miami? Yeah. The one thing I want to talk about is the Wang Gang. Both Yufan and Keon played very well. <laughs> I love um, that. And and, and Jiu or Jinyu, one of them beat Monica Puig for a nice plus two hundred winner for me. Got to mention yeah, them four Wangs. So we definitely have to keep our eyes out going forward for them, and I'll be interested to see how they adjust for clay. Um, in my mind, they seem like they're they're hardcore players. Um, but it seemed like most of them do play with a lot of consistency and quickness and they, um, you know, theoretically should be able to adapt, but let's see if they do, because it's not, you know, there is the sliding and the different bounces and things of that, but I definitely want to, um, keep going forward with them. And then we did have a good match and that was between Wang and Halep and, um, you know, enjoyed that one. And I think that Halep is one that we need to look forward to. I don't think she's a hundred percent yet. And it's so crazy that she's so so good that I think you know she's making these you know she's advancing in these tournaments when she's not a hundred percent and um, I think it came to fruition um, finally in her loss you know she didn't really look as fast and so she's almost like um, depreciating as the week goes on because I think that she's really fighting that back injury so I think going into clay that's going to be something to look forward to because she's a grinder and she's been grinding these matches out and I'm thinking that there might be value going against her, you know, later in the tournaments. Yeah, love that angle on Halep. I, I totally agree. I don't think that her back is 100% healthy. Well, um, she's kind of mentioned it in yeah. interviews. And too. you know what? The you can almost see that when when you see the errors she's producing. I mean, just the most uncharacteristic errors on in in big points too. Um, they happen all tournament. She fought through it until she got to Pliskova, and I mean, I don't know what happened from 5-3 in that first set. She just utterly collapsed, and I think maybe everything caught up to her all the time on court. Uh, might have caught up to her in that moment when she lost nine straight games before finally winning one. So um, definitely something to watch there, and I think... And I think she looks visibly slower as the tournament possesses it progresses. As, you know, when you watch her against Venus and then you watch her against uh, Pliskova, I don't think she looked nearly. Well, it'll like be that. fun to see what the prices are going to be like for something like Stuttgart when we get to it, because that's indoor clay. It's going to play a little faster, as uh, as Charleston will this week, because even though it's outdoors, it's the, the the quicker, hard, true green clay. And I think in those kinds of scenarios, we can really look to find a server and a poser um, in those spots. So it's just going to be a wait and see and and kind of monitor absolutely. Yeah, you make you make a good point about her looking a little tired at the end of matches spread. I think that's again the compounding impact of that back injury. It's not just that she was hurt; she couldn't really train as much this off season because she had to, um, you know, take care of that back injury. So I think you are seeing that maybe a lack of conditioning. So definitely something to look for as we get later and later in tournaments going forward. So All I think, right, I think that's a wrap on Miami. Um, let's jump into Monterey, um, a small tournament, our last hardcore tournament till um, the end of July. I can't remember exactly what tournament that is, but um, we're going to be on clay and grass for the next couple months or so. Looking at some of the past winners, Garbina Muguruza won last year over Timea Babos. Uh, Kerber lost to Pavel Yuchankova in 2017. And then in 2016, Heather Watson beat uh, Kirsten Flipkin. So um, some decent names actually in there, even though this is a smaller tournament. So instead of looking at the quarters here, guys, we'll just kind of do the top right. half and the bottom half. 
Um, what do you got for the top half here, Spread? Any um, Does anybody have a chance to knock Angelique Kerber off here? Um, let me pull it up real quick. Is she in the same half as yes. Pavs? Yeah, I was liking Pavs when yes. I was doing this. Um, only just number-wise. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, Kerber has a better chance. Mm. Yeah, I mean, if you look at some of the names in the in the top half there, you've got Kerber, you've got Pavla Yuchenkova, you've got Azarenka, and I think those are the only three names right. that really matter. Yeah, no, um, I got it pulled up right now. Okay, yeah, so uh, Pavs was my uh, pick for the outright here on this tournament. I don't like this at all. I think it's very top-heavy. Um, and so the, the three women that uh, really have the best chance to win are, are priced, you know, way below where there's any value at all. Um, you know, Kerber's probably most likely to win this tournament, but at, what was it, 2.75? Yeah. I mean, no interest in that at all. You can do the rolling parlay and do better than that. Um, I think Muguruza has a chance, but, you know, as we mentioned last week, like, not <laughs> not in any – she's uh, – I'm a, just a fan of her matches. I'm not looking to get involved really either way unless I see something. But she's really tough because she'll look fantastic one day, and then the next day it's, like, not even the same player. And uh, as far as the other big favorites was Azarenka. And at this point, I just don't see her putting together. Although this is a shorter field, I guess she'd only have to win, what, five yeah, matches? Yeah, but it's silly that she's the same number as Muguruza. The two of them at 4-1, to one, given that you know Azarenka has to beat Kerber, probably is nuts to me. Yeah, and yeah, she's 6-5 and five this year. I mean, she hasn't really – she's beaten Tatiana Maria – Danielle Collins is her best win by far. Vera Lapko, Dominika Sibylkova, Margarita Gasparian, and that's it on tour. She beat Jeannie in Adelaide at some ex- exhibition stuff. But, I mean, those wins are not impressive. Um, her Every good player she's played this year, she's lost to, um, you know, including Venus Williams. She's also lost to, you know, Laura Siegmund. I mean, this is not someone you can back in an outright capacity at a, you know, four-to-one number at all period i don't care how weak the field is you cannot back victoria azarenka and pretend like you you found some value in that number can't do it can't do it it's an absolutely outrageous price at, at four to one um but at the end of the day for me everybody's got to go through kerber and i just don't know how I, I pick anybody to do that i guess there's not enough value in any of these prices to hedge um i don't know what do you think jorge anything in the top only only to one and because spread mentioned you know the the top three are so overpriced um, I actually like that for for in, in the weird sense that, look, Muguruza can go out in the second round or round of 16 at these t- tiny tournaments. She does it all the time. Um, so wait, Jorge, do you remember this last year? I don't know if I paid that much attention to it. How fast is Monterey? Play? I don't think it's I don't think it's super fast. I, mean, I think it's uh, on the medium to medium slow side. Okay, as I say, if it's quicker, I would I could see Kiki maybe pulling an upset, but yeah, even if it medium, I don't really. Right, think I just I that. think that you know you can't back Azarenka uh, in her form. You can't back Muguruza with her inconsistency, so that's going to open up a few doors for for other players that are now going to be under or are going to be really cheap to back because these top guns are so expensive. Um, and I think that the only one in the top half, spread mentioned her, Pavlyuchenkova, that's sixteen to one. Uh, might be worth a small stake. Um, I think that she's the best player right now in that in that quarter, in that second quarter. I think she's in better form and can beat Azarenka head to head. And then it's just a matter of Kerber. Um, and then I have some plays in the bottom half, so I'll wait till we get there. But that's the only one in the top half. Yeah, that would, I wouldn't mind Pavlyuchenko. I, I don't really know what to do there. I actually think her second round match against Babos might be tough, um, but. 
just avoiding that whole top half with Kerber. So looking down at the bottom half, I like kind of the way you set the table there, Jorge. Because we've got Muguruza and you don't know what she's going to do, I think there is some value here. And I'll start off this time. Allison Rook, I love 20 you. to 1. I really like quite a bit. That's <laughs> such a yep. good number. I mean, you look at that chunk, there's nobody in the top half of that quarter. She's got to walk basically to the quarterfinal. And that could be semifinal Garuza, which will That's be a the tough semifinal. match. Sorry, yeah, it's a semifinal. I know it's the semifinal. It's so hard looking at these small brackets, right? She's I all know the way it's to the so semifinal. crazy, huh? It's just nuts. Um, and you know, she could probably beat Muguruza even if Muguruza mm-hmm. is playing well. I mean, if Risk is playing at her top level, that's just an unbelievable number for me at twenty to one. What did you like, Corey? Did I still hear? I'm all over that. That's when I when I saw that. You know, my I always I say it every week, and I'll keep saying it. Find the weakest quarter and find the best number. Uh, in that quarter. And this is easily, easily the weakest quarter. I mean, you've got is the other seed. You've got a, a home wild card in Juliana almost. Now Habino and a Bogdan, who has she won a match this year at the tour level? Uh, Stephanie Vogela no. and Masaki Doi. I, I don't know how you're you're not loving Allison Risk at 21 to make the semis. And then you're just, all you have to do is hope that Garbina goes out in, you know, spectacularly ugly fashion, like Wawin or, you know, where she does these internationals all over the world. I know she's a defending champ, so maybe that's built in here and she's going to have huge crowd support. But if you can get a 21 to the semis there, I think you've got uh, got a nice proposition coming. So that that that's a beautiful number there. What do you think, Spray? You jumping on board, and is there anybody else you like? Yep, you guys convinced me. Nope, I don't. I don't really like this one at all. I would be interested to see how. Um, let's see. We've had fun with Gasparian, but she's better on clay, right? I mean, she's not. No, she's really a, hardcore. She, she's decent, well. but I. She's been okay. I mean, I would. I would more look to her to beat Garbina head to head, than just than her. Yeah. You know outright price i think if she wins two matches i don't think she can yeah. win a tournament or put five matches together she's got the same yeah. she's got the same price as risk essentially and has to play muguruza around earlier so I yeah think- i don't like muguruza she's actually got like we're talking about draws muguruza's draw is so much tougher than than risk because she's going to play watson first who i mean she's not that good but for a first round match you know she's got the potential to win especially if Muguruza doesn't show up yeah, she's and then the most likely Gasparian in the second round which you know she sh- once again she should win but that's not an easy match I mean I'd much rather play Habino right and Vickery in the first two rounds right, right. yeah Gasparian has, hasn't played too many WTA matches on hardcore this year but I'm looking at a hold break a uh, a little better than 110 and an average Ooh, games wow. around plus two. So, you know, it's only six matches that I'm looking right. at. The average rank is 100. But, you know, you're putting together some decent matches regardless. So, you know, Gasparian is nice. But, again, at the exact same number at risk, I think, like you were saying, hinting at, Jorge, let's look at a single game bet when we get to Gasparian Muguruza instead exactly, of grabbing yeah. 21. That's, that's where I think I'd end. The other one in the bottom half, and I, I've, I've got them written down this week because I wanted to – uh, I'm recording upstairs instead of my usual spot downstairs, so I've, I've written out by hand, like an old man here, um, my bets. Oh, I love it. <laughs> I like it. We can hear the notebook, too. Russell those pages. Yeah. It's good audio. Uh, but I put this one in brackets because, you know, God help anyone who actually puts a bet on this player. But Kristina Mladenovic, you know, 33 to 1, it's like they're, they're, they're pulling me in here. The, the bookies are like just pulling me in and I, I want to bet that because if she can beat Muguruza head to head 
if I have a little bit on risk and a little bit on Mladenovic, I truly believe I have a finalist. If Mladenovic is motivated and sees this as, hey, these are 280 points I could really use. I could really use the confidence. This is the type of tournament I can succeed at. Then, uh, you know, I, I can see those two. If we can get rid of Muguruza, those are easily the two best players in the bottom half. And I'd love to be holding a ticket at 20 to 1 or 33 to 1. Um, playing each other in the semis for a spot in the final. And so I think I'm going to do it, even though I hate the idea of backing Kikli Mladenovic outright. And I wouldn't suggest, you know, anyone else. Would. I just like the way that it, it, you know, the puzzle pieces fit for me. If I can, if I can get uh, that, that one upset Mladenovic over Muguruza. Yeah, I, I looked at that number for a long time. I kept staring at it and staring at it. And I really wanted it to be 40, so... Um, I, I left it alone. What do you think, Spread? I mean, yeah, I mean, it popped out to me first, you know, because I, for whatever reason, like, you know, in the message, I was getting it mixed up with Acapulco, which I think plays a lot faster, right? So I was thinking, oh, she's got a good shot, you know, fast, hard courts, this and that. But um, no, I'll probably stay away. But my pretty much my wrap up for this tournament is I feel this is kind of like a get right tournament for a lot of these women. Um, only women I really see coming in with somewhat form would be uh, Kerber, um, Flipkins, and uh, Risk are the only ones that are really coming in. Uh, Ruberakova has been been really struggling. Uh, we mentioned Azarenka earlier. Um, you know, Muguruza. It just seems like, you know, this is really an opportunity for someone to kind of turn their season around. And I think that's what a lot of these players are looking at here. Yeah, I think I'm good from an outright perspective. Anything, Jorge, before we jump into a couple? No, I, I, just... I agree. I think that that's, that's another reason why I like Kiki in, the, <laughs> in this kind of spot. Because she needs to get right, too. So, I mean, I'm thinking a lot, if you're playing this tournament, you're playing it because, you know, you're realizing your season is kind of going down the tubes and you need to do something to turn it around really quickly. Yeah. All right, so let's look at some of the first-round matchups. The first one I've got here on my list, Harriet Dart is a small underdog at plus 125 or 2.25 against Delilah Jakupovic, who I was surprised to see here. Um, do you guys, could, could Jakupovic have gotten entry into um, Charleston, you think? No. Or is she here just because she didn't have to qualify? No, there's, she's, well, first of all, she'd prefer the hard courts. And secondly, I think, yeah, I think the major really? entry is big for her. Um She's down in the 80 to 90 rank. When you get to these premier events that have fields of 32 players or 28 players, you need to be in that top uh, 20 to 25 to qualify automatically because then there's four qualifiers and a few wildcard spots, right? So, you, you know, players in the 40 range are, are having to qualify. Like, Kyung, I think Kyung Wong last year or or the year before I had to qualify in Toronto or Montreal. I mean, these smaller fields, you've got to be... Uh, at the top to get in because and Charleston has a great field too so I think that's why you see her down in Monterey so I'm curious to hear you say that you'd rather be on hard courts I'm looking at I did a quick comparison of hard court versus clay numbers for some of the ladies here and it looks like her whole break drops about six and a half almost seven percent when she moves um, from clay to hard and then her average games drops about a full game moving from um, clay over to hard so it's interesting to hear you say she yeah but you look at look hard, at her success but... last year she won the canberra itf event that just wrapped up uh last week uh on clay and then she went to bogota and as you know until this year bogota has been it's an international event but it has the field of a 125k 
uh, essentially. She went to the semis there. So that was eight wins out of nine matches. She was eight and one in those. And then outside of that, she was, you know, five and seven. So I, I, she's not, you know, when she when she gets into better events, she's not really... Uh, She's not really doing much. She was. She had to. She needed a lucky loser to get into the French last year. Uh, she played like Anning, Istanbul, Bogota, an ITF event, French Open qualies, a Budapest ITF, and then Bucharest was her clay schedule last year. And she did not fare well. And though none of those were above an international event other than the French Open. So I mean, she's a she's a low level clay player at best. Okay, so do you think this price is probably right then? I'm seeing minus one seventy five or one point five seven. Yeah, I wouldn't touch anything in that match. What do you think, spread? Yeah, I agree. Harriet Dart. I've not watched a lot of her game. I haven't been impressed with her in the little brackets we filled out. I had uh, Yakupovich uh, advancing, but not enough to put some money on it. Okay. Next one I'm looking at uh, Olga Danilovich is basically even up with Kirsten Flipkins. I'm seeing both players. Minus 120 at bet 365, but it's probably minus 110 or minus 115 in other places. But essentially even up, um, a, a, a pretty strong young player. I know that we've bet on Danilovich a little bit and, and Flipkins, um, you know, an older player. What do you think, Jorge? I'm so tempted by Danilovich, but I'm, I'm going to stay away from opposing a very crafty uh, player in Flipkins who beat Jeannie Bouchard. Um recently and, and really kind of used the wind and the variety to to just sneak through uh we saw danilovich really controlling the match against suckery i had a multi-unit bet on suckery there just because i like opposing danilovich on hard court she looked really really good to start that one i know spread was on olga and she fell apart i mean she turned yep. into you know that 18 year old that she's a character she's really really uh, dramatic on court and that can be great when she's redlining and it can really help her and then it can be a huge detriment and I think that kind of inconsistency is exactly what a player like Flipkins is looking for and so even though my heart says you know go back Olga she's got that game that can you know propel her through my head says if you're going to make a bet it's got to be Flipkins I'm just going to stay away totally but I think Flipkins if anything is the play here you going to bet on Danilovich? Yeah, the best part about that match is when her coach came out and uh, gave her some advice, and she's just like, oh, no, man. I'm not going to do that. Like, I mean, she had completely melted down. Yeah. It was like um, you could tell she was just done. You know, she was just going to try and hit every ball, you know, and, you know, she'd pretty much in oh, her mind already put it out. I, you know, I think the other – it started off with um, – with, you know, he was talking to her and she goes, okay, you can give me advice, but that I'm not going to do. And then at the, at the very end, he talks for yeah. a solid, you know, 30, 40 seconds straight, gives her some interesting pieces of advice. I thought it was good. She looks at him and goes, that's it. <laughs> like, oh <Yeah>. my. <laughs> I mean, so she's worth Great. it for the, uh, oh. coaching, uh, experience. I mean, that. Some of the best stuff. Her, her and Ostapenko. You know what? Even if the WTA TV, and, and we're, they're not on TV in Canada because DAZN um, bought up the rights. I don't know how many listeners have DAZN down in the States, but here it's not just MMA and boxing. Here it's the MMA boxing, and then they've got uh, the England Premier League. They've got the Spanish. They've got a ton of soccer. Now they've got the WTA rights. Um, it's a massive thing. Um, so I still have WTA TV. Completely worth it just for the on-court coaching. It's incredible. Yes, uh, I love the amount of matches. I love that they archive them. Um, they do it more than Tennis TV does. Tennis TV doesn't archive every match they show, which is stupid. Um, 
I think WTTV is great. If they could create an app, because you know when you get when I get the smart TV, I want to be able to you know watch it on my TV. That would be really cool. They still don't have like a, an app I can I can use, but um, easily worth the purchase just for on court coaching. And Danilovich is worth like fifty of the hundred hundred bucks a season on her own. <laughs> Christ, yeah. <laughs> Now, that is the kind of breakdown you only get here at the Net Worth Podcast, folks. The value of WTA for <laughs> getting to watch the coaching so we can watch Olga Danilovich fight with her coach. Um, that'll be a fu- fun match. Um, <laughs> the other match that's even up that I was a little surprised was lying this close. Tamea Babos playing Ivana Jorovich. Um, again, pretty much straight up. This is an interesting line to me. You know, if I was making this based off last year's numbers, Babo should be a heavy favorite. But when I take a look at this year, it's completely the other way around. Now, Jorovich doesn't play... At, at the same level that Babos does. You know, I'm looking at an average competition uh, for Jurovic of about like 125 versus 60 for Babos, but much better record, much better hold break. You know, I'm seeing like 114, 115 hold break rate. You know, again, not against a great competition, but still pretty impressive numbers from her. Um, what do you think, Spread? Do you know anything about Jurovic? Yeah. I, I'm so surprised that that's even, though. I would still just think off pedigree that... Um... That Babos would be, you know, about minus one thirty, minus one forty. Um, so I'm really surprised to see that line. Not really that excited to to bet it though, because well, number one, I'm trying to stay away from first round, so I like breaking these down, but um, I'm not necessarily playing a lot of them. But um, yeah, I could see. I guess they are they are rating current form heavier, which is funny because they it didn't seem like they used to do that. It used to be almost like, you know, they had a table like yours and they were going straight off that. So. Um, interested to see, you know, the differences in how they're making these lines. Does this line make any sense to you, Jorge? Yep. Yeah, it makes perfect sense to me. Uh, I think you're going to see a lot of uh, casual public money coming on Babosh. Uh, I think that's the wrong move. I think this is a stay away. I see I see it um, as the best price on Babosh among the books I use is a minus 113-ish, minus 115 area on um, 1x bet, and I see plus 102 uh, for Jorovic at Pinnacle, those numbers seem about dead on. I I have Babosh slightly ahead, uh, but Jorovic in my mind is the better player. It's just she she's just too many errors in her game. Um, I think she can hit with Babosh. She moves better than Babosh. Next year at this time, she will be uh, a, you know she will be the favorite in this kind of match. But I think right now it's about right. Last year it would have been about. You know, Babosh minus 130. This year it's minus 115. Next year, Babosh should be the dog if these, you know, if we were to look at the progression in my mind. Um, so it's lined, lined perfectly. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, uh, Joe Public kind of get in there and, and only know Babosh's name, not know Jorovich so well, and kind of huck some money at Babosh. And I think that's a mistake. All right. I didn't have too many other first round matchups I wanted to talk about. All the other lines look either just about right or, or pretty big favorites. I haven't looked at them yet. What's Watson, Watson against Watson, pretty big dog, plus 550. Yeah. I, huh. I mean, Garbini is the much better player. I, maybe you sprinkle Watson just thinking Garbini doesn't show up. I, I don't, you know. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's almost plus 550. Garbini drinks some water while she's brushing her teeth. Yeah. Fucking Mexican water. <laughs> That's true. That's that's something we're going to see this week. If you guys from oh, a live remember we had all those problems with Acapulco, yep. gastrointestinal problems, dropping yeah. like flies. I'm sure. Where did that come from? I wonder. Uh, 
But yeah, in all honesty, (laughs) that Watson match is plus 540 is a huge number. Plus 550 at bet 365. I would avoid the plus 550 at 365 for all our European listeners and go to the 540 at Pinnacle and Unibet. Because if that were to happen, it would be like Muguruza gets three games into the second set and just starts feeling like the the rumble in the tummy and says, I'm out of here. So uh, get a get a get a void book or a. Pays after the right. Win pays after the first yeah. set bookie. The retirement book. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to avoid it. But you know, now that you mention it, gosh, it's, it feels like it's a sprinkle, like a quarter. Yeah, of that's a like a point one, you know, point one unit thing that Noops right. loves his like 500 to one long shots on. I don't see why yeah. not. Sprinkle, sprinkle. Sprinkle a little capital. Yeah, if you could do Zidanezic to, yeah, to win you know the French, what? This, you could do you put, you put, you put point one down here and you profit a full <laughs> half unit. I mean, you're you're right. you're you're lottery. winning a round number in the end. I, it's an interesting little one here. And yes, Zidane at the front. That was stupid. Right. I, it, I I'm still mad at Unibet. Like I'm no, I'm not <laughs> mad at them. I'm happy they did it, but I'm angry that someone was stupid enough to line her at three thousand to one. I hope she wins the whole damn thing now and just makes me fifteen grand just to punish those buggers. <laughs> All right. Anything else here for Monterey guys, or should we dive into the uh, speaking of Zidancic? Over to Charleston we go. <laughs> That's right. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, Before there. we get to your picks, Jorge, I just want you to know I messaged spread earlier today that you taking a Zidancic outright in Charleston was like minus a thousand, and I was thinking about betting. It, so I'm excited to see. Did what you happens. did you lay the juice? Oh, I congratulations laid the on your hundred dollars, so. buddy. <laughs> That's wonderful. That's fantastic. It's a really nice start to my day. But looking back, Charleston's a pretty big event here. It's a pre- premier event, but it's not a mandatory. So kind of that second level of premier events. But you have a stacked field here. Last year, Kiki Burton's beat Julia Gorgeous. Daria Kasatkina beat um, Ostapenko the year before in the spread Kitty Curse Bowl. Um, <laughs> Sloan Stevens beat Vesnina the year before that. Um, now, Jorge, you were telling us, although this is listed as clay, it's not the red clay that we're used to seeing. It's green yes, or something? Yes, it's, it's uh, hard, true green clay. It plays much faster. It's the clay that we use in Canada and primarily a lot, like both my clubs uh, here in Canada and in the States are hard, true green clay courts. It's much quicker than your red clay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think anyone so who's played, on it? Uh, played at a club in Florida or... Well, I guess here it's more the private clubs, but yeah, it's all over. I've played, that's what I pretty much play, only play on is hard true green. Yeah. Oh, that's um, cool. Actually, I'm just seeing green clay. I think there's different kinds, but uh, the point is it plays a little faster. That's why you saw Madison Keys have success here in the past. You've seen uh, Julia Gerges have success here in the past. Uh, you've seen Kiki Burton's have success here in the past. It plays to the servers and hitters, but you're also going to see, you know, your Kasatkinas get through, your Vesnina got through a few years back, because it's still clay, so it's it's interesting. I don't think you're going to look at this and say, you've got to play a server, you've got to play a returner. You can just, you, you play who's got the open draw, and you play the better numbers. This is one where you're not looking for a certain type of player, in my mind anyway. I'm not looking for, you know, someone that fits in a certain type of mold to make it through. Because, I mean, Sloane Stevens went deep here before, and, you know, she's a, she's kind of a that mixed player that plays both uh, hitting and uh, returning. So, uh, you know, anyone could make it through. But uh, I think you've just got to break it down and find the right numbers. 
So let's dive into the draw here. It's a bigger tournament, so we'll actually go quarter by quarter. And, you know, since you're hot, Jorge, we'll go to you on the first one. We've got Sloane Stevens here, the aforementioned Tamara Zdancic, uh, Madison Keys. What do you like here in the first I've quarter? got one outright in this quarter, and you guys know who it is, and the listeners should know who it is by now. She's 100 to 1. And the reason why I'm going with Zdancic, even though she's in that quarter where she's got to go potentially through Stevens and Keys, Keys just hasn't played that well this year. Um, she played the Aussie Open, and since then she's won one match, and that was in Fed Cup against Kimberly Birrell. She's lost to Sam Stozer, Mona Barthel, and Ashley Barty. Yuck. Zidancic could very well beat her on clay, so I'm not worried about Maddie there, even though she's had success here. Sloane Stevens is Sloane Stevens. Um, I'm always keen to oppose her on, in the outright market just because she's always overpriced, and so many tournaments she flops out early. Um, it's a very small bet for me. But if there is one bet that I'm going to go with, it's in this quarter, it's simply on a fade of those two. And I'm going to take a very good clay player that is still uh, ridiculously underpriced. She'll go up against uh, Lynette or Tomjanovic in the next round, both of whom are hardcourt players. Um, I'm hoping Tomjanovic gets through and Zidancic can, you know, move her around and, and use that, that clay prowess to, to not let her uh, get a hold on her. And then she gets to the third round and we'll see if she plays Sloan. If not, um, I would love for Sloan to be out to like Cerebus Tormo, you know, just like Cerebus Tormo, just annoy the yeah, hell out of her, incredible. get it to a third set, and then Sloan just say, screw this, I'm out of here. And then I, I'd really be That'd holding be a nice amazing. 101 ticket. But um, I, it's a it's a small bet. It's not my favorite. So, uh, you know, I'll just, uh, I'll go Zidancic here and, and uh, hope and pray that Keys and Sloan Stevens do their thing that they've been doing all season and just bow out early. I love it. I've got a quarter unit on Zidancic. So again, not, not a really big bet. You know, 25% on what I usually bet. But I think it's a great spot for her given, you know, how Sloane Stevens just has not really seemed interested in playing tennis this year. And Madison Key's, um, you know, continual ability to find ways to get hurt while she's playing matches. Um, what do you think, Spread? You on board? Yeah, I think that the, the Alja could be a problem here. Yeah, I think Vinny, Vinny liked Belgium too. I was talking to him but, this morning. Um, what, do you, what do you make the case there? Hmm. Well, just, I mean, the same things that you're saying, and it'll just come down to the Zidanzig first Tom Janovich uh, match there, you know, if everything else lined up like you guys were predicting. And I just, I would favor Tom Janovich over Zidanzig right now. Um, just off the way she's playing, the clay is a little faster. So it's not like, you know, she's going to be slogging along like we were over in Europe. Um, so. I think Alja could be a roadblock to um, Jorge's uh, page because of the fan page. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think it's fun. And I think this is overall, you know, this this is so much easier. Their little quarter. I was even looking at my favorite player, and boy, she's yeah, even got she a nice little road there um, with Larson, the winner of Rogers and Rodina. And then, like you said, Keys. I'm uh -huh. like sitting there, I'm like, that's the one person you know that you'd want to be your Ostapenko that you'd want to be the seed in your in your little eighth section because you know she might be the only player playing you know as bad as she is I think it's Penko Keys and Kasakina that are I have to say too and I hate the I hate the the draw the combination of the draw playing out the way it did and the bookies doing this to me. I mean, Miladinovic and Ostapenko are both looking like enticing bets right now on an outright market. It Just yeah, I mean, When's it was the last like, time we said, is, you know what, in the, the same week, I really think that Miladinovic and Ostapenko could be value on an outright market. What? 
You shouldn't be hosting a podcast <laughs> if you're saying these things. And here I am sitting here thinking, Jesus Christ, these two are both looking like value. Like, I, I should not be advising people what to do with their bankrolls if I'm thinking that, you know, Ostapenko and Mladenovic. But it, it, it just the way the cookie... Oh. It's like just the way the cookies crumbled this week, I'm like, goodness again. gracious, I'm going to have to fight myself not to hit the place bet uh, button on my computer for... Uh, for a couple day, for another day and a half here or so with Miladinovic and Ostapenko. Let's jump into the uh, second quarter where, I don't know, I see two names here that I think are almost guaranteed to meet in the quarterfinals. So, Spread, how do we not end up with Elise Mertens versus Arena Sabalenka? Who messes that up? Yeah, talk Cannon. to me about Kenan a little bit. You, you, you put that out to me before <laughs> we got on the podcast here a little bit. To be honest, I find Clay to be kind of interesting because you know a lot of these players, weirdly I was looking through, don't have a lot of Clay matches. I mean, Kenan played one, two, three, four, five, six, about seven or eight Clay matches last year, only won about two of them. Now, you know, as Jorge was saying, this doesn't quite play like your standard Clay, but, you know, talk, me, talk to me about Kenan spread. Yeah, even though she has the poor results, um, first of all, she's improved a lot since last year. I think that, you know, if you were going to talk about players who improved the most um, since Charleston this time last year to right now, Kennan would be in the, in the top five of your conversation. And I think that she, uh, even though the results aren't there, she does seem to have a nice game for Clay. Um, she's a fighter. She's fairly, she's fairly quick, um, consistent ground strokes. So... Um, Sabalenka really hasn't had the best form this year. You know, it's like um, she's kind of chasing the ghosts of last summer right now. So, uh, Kennan's the one that I'm looking at uh, for value out of this whole uh, tournament. I think, uh, what do we see her at? Plus yep. 3,200, yeah. 33 to 1 or something? It's, it's her, Danielle Collins, that in this was corner. I don't have anything here. I've got uh, a little bit of value in all the other ones, uh, quarters, but this one I'm going to stay away from. I agree with Noops. You know, we didn't even. We, we we talked about times to record and whatnot, but we try and keep it as you know structured as possible and, and fresh as possible, so we don't discuss a lot of this beforehand. Um, but we seem to be on the same page. I'm with Noobs. I think this looks chalky as hell in this quarter um, for Sabalenka Mertens. I think you know that we've seen the hitters and servers like Sabalenka do well here in the past. Uh, not necessarily her, but the style that she plays. And Elise Mertens is the perfect you know combo player. I think. You know, Sloane Stevens has gone far here, and I think Elise fits that mold pretty well um, with someone that's a lot more consistent than Sloane. So I'm not huge on either number. 8-1 to one for Sabalink is way too expensive. 16-1 to one for Mertens probably seems about right. Um, Collins at 25-1 to one is enticing, but she, you know, she hasn't looked terrific. So uh, I think this is a stay-away quarter and looks pretty, pretty straightforward with your two seeds that have buys. I love Elise Mertens here at sixteen to one. I think that those numbers, the Sabalenka Mertens numbers, are backwards. That, that could be true. I think Mertens should be eight to one, and Sabalenka should be sixteen to one. You know, you look at the head-to-head, which you know isn't always the greatest thing. But I've got three matches last year. The two played. Mertens won two. She won the one on clay. Won the one on hard court. Sabalenka beat her in three sets on grass and Eastbourne. I mean, Mertens has just really tremendous clay numbers. She's had a pretty good hard court season. I think it essentially comes down to who do you think is going to win that match? Because whoever wins that gets a chance to play the the winner of quarter one, which maybe it's no. Stevens, maybe no. it's Madison. There Kings, you go. There's a Danzig. <laughs> 
Right. Like it's so if I get sixteen to one with a good chance to win the quarter, because I, I think if we get that match and I get a chance to take Mertens as an underdog against Sabalenka, I'm I'm going hard on that. Um I love her at sixteen to one. I think she's got a great chance and a good draw here to get to the final. And if I can get sixteen to one in the semis or or luckily enough the finals, I'm, I'm I like it. So I've actually got a oh, full unit. You know on what? I think the way you've just and this is the fun part too because it's I you know we all look at and break things down in our own way, but you know the way that you just kind of outlined that it's I really like that. I, I think that if I were to come up with a Sabalenka v Mertens match, considering Sabalenka's five and five in her last ten matches on tour since winning Shenzhen yeah, I don't know how you can have her as like the what is she the second favorite at eight to one that's crazy no, and totally then backwards. three of your top four favorites for this tournament are Sabalenka Sloane Stevens and Madison Keys Keys is one in three in her last four matches including Fed Cup losing to like Barthel Sabalenka's five and five in her last ten since her win in Shenzhen. Stevens is what is she doing? Who knows where her head is at? And they're three of your four favorites. I mean, it's going to present value opportunities in other sections uh, with those three there. So I guess we should thank bookies for having those three so far up because there's going to be value for you know you like uh, Meritons. I have a few in the in the bottom half that I love, um, but it's it's a little ridiculous on some of these prices. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm all over Mertens at 16 to 1. Um, but let's dive into the third quarter, which is just a mess. I have no idea what to do here. We've got Anastasia Sevastova, who's been playing pretty rough tennis the last few weeks. We've got Amanda Anasimova, who hasn't played a clay match, I don't think, since 2017 when she won three ITF Challenger yeah. tournaments on clay. Um, Belinda Bencich, who just apparently doesn't play clay tennis. Um, and Julia Gorgias, who would prefer probably the hard court. But what do you think of this third quarter, Jorge? I just it's a big pile of names that I'm not really sure. Uh, I out. think just you look at you look at how how well she was able to do last year here, uh, reaching the final. I, I I do like Julia Gorgias at sixteen to one. Um, I think this this quarter is pretty open. At first, I I thought about Sevastova, but boy, what is going on with her injuries and consistent? She. Put it this way: the, the the backbone of her game is variety and consistency. And you know, when she gets bagged in a middle set of a win against Sinyakova, um, you're looking at her saying, "There's no consistency to this woman's game, and you cannot back her in any capacity if she does not have that consistency." Right? That's that's you know what her game is predicated on. Um, so I can pass on her uh, Pagula, Kromacheva, Manela, Schmidlova. This is the reason why I did like her at first. I mean, her first match is a basically a second bye in my mind. I mean, she's into the round of um, 16 or fairly easily. Um, but I, I think Gerges is two yeah. towns in her qualifier. And then it's Parmentier, Kit, Qualifier, Benchich. And Benchich can be tough, but I'm not sold on her even, you know, moving off that, that hard court, even if it's quick or clay. I think Gerges has a huge advantage, especially with her familiarity with the, with the venue. So... Um, I'm going to take Gerges here 16 to 1. And there's part of me that wants to take, and I have at a, a quarter unit, I've taken Amanda and Isimova at 33 to 1. Just because um, if she can get through Petra Martic, which is no guarantee, by the way, um, but she's got the serve. She, I think she can play well here. Um, this is more of a gut thing for me. It's not something I would, you know, tell everyone to go follow. I've got Zidancic. I've got Gerges that I'm advising. And then I've also got in this quarter, uh, Anissimova, just, just as a, 
if, if there is, you know, the WTA with its unpredictability, if there's a, a girl who could come through and just be a total out of nowhere unpredictable winner, it's it's Anisimova. So uh, I'm going really small as a personal kind of play there. If anyone wants to tail, they're welcome. Um, but I think Gurgis is the play in this quarter. Yeah, that's an interesting name. She was um, a finalist here last year, finishing second. What do you think spread about the third quarter? Yep, I had uh, Anisimova advancing here when I filled out the bracket. Um, Gorgas, I just her form. She, she hasn't been she hasn't been consistent. She shows flashes where you know she's getting to that form that she had pretty much last year around this time, but um, she's just for whatever reason can't put it together match after match. And um, Benchich, that name just keeps jumping out to me because even though you know she fell a little short. You know, the last couple of tournaments, she's just been playing fantastic. But um, just for the money, I, I like Anissa over here too. Um, like you said, Sevastova was the name that jumped out to me, but just the recent form and the possible injuries just can, kind of made me cry. Yeah, it's tough to trust Sevastova. I, I stared at Gorgas 16-1 to 1 for quite a long time. Just so many unknowns here. I don't know what, how Benchich is going to play. I don't know if Anisimova is going to be good. Is Sevastova going to be healthy? Uh, but that was a really intriguing number. It just missed the cut for me. Um, let's dive into the final quarter here. We've got Caroline Wozniacki. We've got the favorite to win the tournament, Kiki Burtons, um, who is the defending champion. She's at seven to one. Um, I don't know, guys. Am I there, nuts? Is there some value on her at seven to one? This looks like an there easy is quarter huge for value on that number. And this is this is kind of where it comes full circle. I mentioned that the other three three of the top four favorites were. Um, way overpriced and this is where we kind of get the benefit from that because Stevens, Keys and Sablanka are I guess seen as uh, huge threats to win this, Barton's number has been pushed out to 7-1, to she should be 4 or 5-1 to to win this thing Um, first of all she's the defending champion she's a a clay beast and not only does she play well on the red clay and dominate on the red clay but she's got that big first serve an ace rate near 9% that plays well on quicker clay so she's onto her favorite surface it's also the kind of clay that probably plays to her game uh, the most and her draw has no one she's got a buy and then a qualifier and then either suckery cornet lepchenko or petkovic are you scared by any of those names in this spot no you go to the the top half of her section wozniacki's not a you know great clay player uh, Siegmund is probably the biggest threat here. She still hasn't shown that she's completely healthier. We don't know where she's at. You know, Bonaventure qualifier, qualifier. Buzarnescu is probably healthy. you know she's completely out of form. Are you kidding me? Seven to one? You're telling me she she only wins this tournament what like sixteen percent of the time? No, no. Twelve percent. I mean, really, if you had to line her to make the semis, I'd And then put she it beat Gurgis in the final last year. And even I though mean, I've got some money on Gurgis, this does look like a pretty chalky half. But if you're going to give me Gurgis 16 to 1 and, and Bertens at 7 to 1, I really do see them in the semis in a rematch of last year. And I'll take either one into the final against that top half where there's so many question marks any day of the week. Burton's just blew right. away the field last year. I'm looking at who she beat. First round, 6-4-6-1, then 6-4-6-2, then 6-2-6-4, then 6-2-7-5. She had three tough sets against Madison Keys and then whipped Julia Gorgeous 6-2-6-1 in the final. She's got to be super comfortable here. I remember I was on Keys on that match. I was so disappointed. 
Uh, Keys Keys actually was playing really well, but I mean this is a different Madison Keys than the one we're talking about this year. But I remember that one. I remember being on Keys and she had her chances, and Burton's was just and this, when she was just turned into a wall. This season, on the big points. Uh, she you has know, a buy in the first no round, so you can errors. take out one of those matches. Keys and Gorgas, who she beat here last year, are way out of form. Um, I just don't understand how this number is seven to one. She, there's no one in her quarter that's going to stop her. Um, she beasted here. Could you not see the same kind of results that we saw here last year? Six four six two six two six four six two seven five. As she steamrolls her way through. I mean, are there is there anyone who you know makes you think that they're going to keep keep a match even relatively close? I think I'm going to have. Um, I've never done this. I've never gone above a unit on an outright, but I think I will with her here. I think there's that much value. I think there's three dollars uh, worth of value here. I'd have her at four to one to win this thing. When you factor in um, the surface, the the quickness of it, playing to her serve, her draw, and her pedigree at the venue, there's no way she should she should be seven to one. I, I can't believe I've seen this much value in a, in a favorite because I hate betting them, but this is incredible. That's exactly what I wrote in my preview. That's going to be up. Um, a little bit later today, hopefully. Um, seven to one. I hate betting the, whoever's the favorite in the tournament, but I was thinking the same thing, Jorge. This should be three to one. That's three dollars value. Is it seven to one. I don't understand Th- this. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I know. You're okay. On Kiki oh, know. thank you for checking me on that spread because oh Jorge just blew right by that. Wow. See, now I think that we're going to have you. We're going to have you in the Contavite fan club by this time next year. Oh, I can't wait. I'm going to bet Contavite outright first clay tournament just just blindly. I don't even care what the number is. If she's plus 100 to win whatever. So I've now put a star beside my Kiki Burton's on my paper here because if Noops is on her, she's got a 0.00% chance to win. So I'm. Terrible. Yeah. And you know what? It went from $3 of value to, you know. Terrible price. Yeah, how could you ever bet her? All because of you. It's amazing how much power you have on this. (laughs) Well, since I'm... I know. Well, since I am on Kiki Burton's and now there's no possible way she can win this quarter and win the tournament, there must be a ton of value in here. Is there any other names you guys? No, no. I, I, that's you go first, Ryan. Ryan. I think um, if I'm gonna play one woman that's out of form, it's it, it's gonna be Gerges as opposed to the others, just because uh, it does play a bit quicker. She does have the serve to do it. Um, I'm gonna stay away from Keys. Uh, and then Anisimova, even though she hasn't played on clay, it's I I think that. There's so many women out of form in this draw that 33 to one on a player like her with her talent, and the fact that it does play quick is 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 a play for me, um, and that's it. And then Kiki Burton's, I love that number. I cannot, I, I I'm in love with the seven to one there, um, unless there's like some social media stuff the bookies have seen, or she's got a wedding to go to, or you know, her mind is somewhere else. I don't see why she should be seven to one. And the other three <laughs> favorites. Somewhere. You kind of get the the value built in when the other three favorites have such expensive prices when they shouldn't be. It kind of pushed Kiki out to a very playable number, if you know what I mean. Like if Kiki was four to one, you would probably see the others like Sloan Stevens instead of eight to one would probably be ten or eleven to one. Same with Sabalenka and Keys would be fifteen to one, right? But because those those three have you know such ugly numbers, it kind of gives us you know value on kiki so i think while it's there you've got to take it i i don't know how this market hasn't corrected i i, I can't see outright markets having you know i think they're very easily moved uh relative to, to other markets so i think 
you know, once we get this up, if it's still there, people should be jumping on that and as much as they can. That's true. All right, Spread, any more thoughts on the fourth quarter or outrights in general before we jump to some first-round matchups? Yeah, I mean, just because you uh, – for those Americans, Five Dimes has put up Charleston lines that weren't up this morning when we were doing our prep noops. And, um, you know, I know I like to quote you from your daily articles you've been putting on Deep Dive Media, but talk about shopping around. At Bet365, Ostapenko's Oh, why are you telling me this, man? And on Five Dimes, she's 66 <laughs> to 1. Just, it's just so crazy. And honestly, I hadn't really spent that much time on Bet365. <laughs> Jorge, I might be looking to come uh, crash at your pad. I mean, this is Well, it's the interface. You, you're lured in by the it interface. It's, like, like you look at Pinnacle water. versus 365, and 365 is so easy to use. Everything navigates perfectly, but the prices relative to the other books aren't the best. I mean, Pinnacle's much better. Um, but yeah, the interface on Five Dimes is trash relative to, to 365. Yeah, and then the fact that you can bet to win the quarters on on these smaller uh, international tournaments yeah. that we just, you know, spoke about how where there's way more value on them. Right. You know, I mean, you're not finding that on on Bovada or those come out late though. I'm still waiting on those, and I'm, I'm pissed. I, I can bet the winning quarter and winning half, and I mean the winning quarter for the fourth quarter is plus two sixty. I mean, I think they're coming from the. I think the winner comes from the bottom half, but. For now, they might. They'll probably have two oh, wins. Oh, it's just it's just the winning quarter. The, oh, okay. I was. They will, but I think that that's quarter. going to be. I mean, they usually post those a lot later. They'll go with the outrights first, and then the winning half, winning quarter, and then that comes out after. So. <laughs> I might at least have to PayPal you some money to get the Burtons to win a quarter. I mean, that's that's looking that's like right. the bet of the year right now. We don't have to worry about bad water in Charleston. So, All right, let's dive into some first-round matchups. The first one that caught my eye, Danielle Collins, a pretty big favorite over Madison Brengel. Um, I'm seeing minus 225 um, and plus 162 there. Um, looking back to the head-to-head, they've played twice before, and Brengel won both times pretty comfortably in Tokyo in 2017 and pretty comfortable in Clay in 2017 right. now it's you know a different Danielle Collins since then but I thought this would be lined a little bit closer is this just totally well based on I, I think, form, think even if it's you know going on recent form is Collins in great form she she beat Flipkins and then was handily beaten by Osaka then she beat Whitney Osigwe, um in a match that you know was kind of like 7-6 with 7-5 in the t- first set tiebreak and then the young kid kind of broke down physically and it was 6-11 in the second and she lost in the in her very next match in straight sets seven five six one. So, is she even in great form right now? She lost in the first round of Acapulco in her second match, third round at Indian Wells, second match, third round at Miami. Um, uh, other than the Aussie Open, where's the where's this great form that everyone's seeing? I, I I don't know if there's value on Brangle because I think that you know Danielle Collins is going to break her if Brangle serves you know ten to twelve games in the match. Collins is going to win uh, eight to ten of those. She's going to win eighty percent of her turn games, and I think it's just too hard with with her hitting ability to not think that she's going to hold at least two or three extra times to to come away with a straight sets win. But um, I, I'm not seeing a huge amount of value on a number that's over minus two hundred. Uh, I, I would say Brangle or pass, but I mean it's hard to find a route to victory here for Madison Brangle. So and that doesn't really entice me on either side. 
<laughs> yeah, I was leaning Brengel at first, but I, I think you're you're right. I would hope for maybe plus one seventy five or plus one eighty to take Brengel. What do you think, spread? I would think you need more than that. Um, you know, past results aside, just um, if you take the time of those results and the amount of improvement, you know, even if you can say a recent form isn't that good. I mean, the amount she's improved since those those victories is, yeah, you, is so much more. And just If plus 180 is what you're looking I, for, I like she's plus 180 all over these uh, offshores. I mean, I think... Well, I would I would say value. Well, I would yeah, yeah I would I would, I would be, be I would probably be oh, wrong. Then I'd be on that. Um, yeah, plus two seventy five. I on think that. for me, I'd be somewhere in between you guys. I think I'd say that I would I would want um, probably about plus two ten, plus two twenty um, to play Brangle here. Uh, the the one eighties on offer at Unibet. We've got one eighty three at Pinnacle. So that's about where the market is sitting, somewhere between. Mm. Um, you know this bet hard, which I, I think it's a year. I don't have access to it, or I don't use it. Plus one ninety. Um, the price is all over. Three six five has plus one sixty two. So I don't think the market is settled there yet. But but yeah, um, that's what I'm looking there's, at. Three six five. It's generally in the plus one seventy five to plus one eighty area. I think that's probably where it should be. Uh, if it got, if it got to like plus two ten. I can't see how it, it you don't want to kind of play your plan like you know triple my money with with a very good returner against Collins who has been shaky but again I the, just thinking through the matchup it's hard to see how she comes out on top in this one without Collins breaking down okay how about um, Maria Zachary playing uh, Alize Cornette? Zachary, a small dog. I'm seeing plus 110, Cornette minus 150. What do you think, Spread? I love Cornette. Yeah, I think you have to. Zachary's not even close to her form from last summer where she kind of made her name. Um, I think the surface is much, you know, favors Cornette as well. Um, you guys know how much I love Sakri. Uh, I, I don't. I don't like her here, though. Um, I, you know, this is priced out pretty well. I, I think it's even drifting a bit towards. Um, Cornet's become a bigger favorite. When I checked this morning, I think I had seen Sakri around plus two point one, two point one five. Sorry. And now she's up to 2.3. So plus 130, the money is... And if it gets to plus 150, I'm playing Suckery because these are two returners um, who I think are going to play a, a close match, like a 7-5, seven, 4-6, seven, uh, uh, you know, 6-4 type thing. Um, I would lean Cornet. I think that Suckery, her game is predicated on consistency and... and She's the. I've watched her two or three times this year, and I've bet on her multi-unit plays multiple times, one and one on those plays, and I really should be zero and two. She really should have cost me a lot more than she has, and it's because she's hitting a ton of errors. And if she's going to hit a ton of errors, I mean, what does her game offer to win matches, right? So um, until I see that steadiness return, I'm, I'm probably going to stay away from her. I lean with spread here. Where I saw the price this morning, I was close to saying Cornet. Right now, I think it's the market has settled perfectly, so I'm going to leave it. But um, I, I would lean Cornet because she's been much more steady this year. They both play the same type of of uh, you know long rally defensive match um, kind of style, and Cornet's just been much better at doing it this year than Suckery has. 
Yeah, I'm with spread on this one. I like Cornet a lot. She's a pretty good player um, on clay. Again, we don't have kind of your true clay here, but a whole break right around 110, you know, plus 2.2 games on average. Um, mm. I think I'll be laying the minus 150 or maybe trying to play. Yeah, yeah I might join you. But then it, but you know what? I won't join you because then it's that the consensus match. that always kicks our ass. So I'm going to stay I'm gonna stay questioning that play here. And then the two out of three, usually we do really well on uh, plays where two out of three of us are on them. So I'm going to leave this one to you guys. wonderful the next match i want to talk about i think we have like a a wrong woman favorite situation here um natalia vikalyantseva is an underdog at plus 100 against tatana maria ah that's Um, you know all the first round matches in both mexico and and south carolina here um i there almost none of these prices stood out for a volume better i see like very little value it's rare for me but i don't mind it Uh, you know could use some some very uh to, to refine and, and have a few days where I just go one and oh two and oh you know two and one kind of thing I wouldn't mind that this is one I do like I I'm surprised Vickley and save is a, a a dog here even if it's a very very slight dog um I, I do think that she should be you know minus at 130 to minus 140 here um, a, a, a much heavier favorite than, than she's lined. She lost in the third set tiebreak to Rybarakova on a slow surface. Again, she's a young hitter, so she's always going to have trouble with that kind of junk ball. She was impressive at Indian Wells, qualified, beat Han, smacked Suarez Navarro, and took Kerber to three sets. So she's in form. I think uh, she'll like the, the surface. Um, she's not great on clay, but again, you know, we, we keep having to preface that with this isn't your typical clay. Uh, I think that she's got a, a decent chance. She lost last year to Laura Siegman in the first round. 7-5-6-2, uh, kept the first set close. Uh, Siegman was just returning from injury, but she's a clay specialist. So, um, yeah, right? Uh, and then she gets to Stuttgart and just Siegman beats the crap out of everybody. Uh, it's pretty much her MO. But I, 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 she, she beat Sabalenka on clay last year. Um she beat uh, Bedosa Hibert in Madrid in qualies, and I think that's that's a better win than most people are going to give her credit for. Um, a lot of her losses, like three sets to Gavrilova. She lost to Pavlyuchenkova, Bardi, Gerges, Kvitova, Pliskova. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? I think that uh, that was Christina Pliskova. Sorry, but I'm going to pretend like it was Carolina just to make my point. But. <laughs> But she's lost to a lot of very good players on clay. Even if they're not clay quarters, they're still top 15, <laughs> top 20 players in the world that are good, that are going to win early matches on all surfaces. So I think that, um, yeah, I, I would I would lean uh, to go more to matchup than than record on the on the surface. And it's not like Maria is, you know, some sort of clay beast. So definitely uh, think that this is an, an intriguing uh, spot for sure. How about you, Spray? Are you going to take Vike as a dog? No. <laughs> I'm staying away from this match. I don't really have a strong lead either way. Um, I haven't seen – Maria, I know that she's she's been doing well, but I haven't really watched her play, and I can't really think of any matchup advantages that I'd want to take advantage of. So um, maybe get a chance to catch it on TC Plus just so I'm ready for the next round. Speaking of which um, – would either of you guys favor what numbers would you guys need for the winner to, to beat keys in the next round because the winner of this match will be playing yeah you're gonna see you're gonna see plus 250 so you might want to get Maybe ready more than that um, that's what i mean it's gonna I, have to be a big number and I, even then 
Probably, I'd probably even need the, plus 300. The plus, I almost like that. 250 plus 300 I we're going to see is also going to push the over down to like, what, 18 and a half, 19 games. And then that's where I'll hit. I think the over is a really good look if Vickley and yeah. Sava wins. Uh, I think she can easily take a set. I might play like a plus one and a half sets and oh, the yeah, over. Um, those would be the two looks I'd have at that match because yep. with a with a big money line number like that, you're gonna get plus one and a half sets at even money anyway, and then that pretty much locks in your over unless Keys decides to not sh- to no show and you kind of get screwed by the the huge underdog winning in straights. But you know, I, I I'd play the over in that second round match. Okay. Um, the last one that I had circled on my list before I let you guys choose a couple. Petra Martic playing Amanda Anasimova. Pretty closely lined. Martic plus 110. Anasimova uh, minus 150. You know, based on some of our earlier conversation, I guess is Jorge, you sound like this is probably maybe about right. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because it's one of those things where you, you take the outright, but it's almost, again, it's an outright where it's if she gets past the first round, I like her, her chances to go deep. Um, so I would leave the first round alone and just hope that she wins. If she can make it through, great. Um, but Mardich is tricky. I think I think that Anisimova is going to really have to say, look, i got to control points. I've got to dictate pace because the only thing I have here, I'm not as good on clay as Mardich is. I haven't played on the surface in a while. But because it's a quicker surface, I have to dictate. I have to use my power. And, and that is how I win this match. And if she can do that, I think she's got a great shot at winning. Um, but it's all going to come down to uh, game plan and and strategy. And and in that in that capacity, you know, this is where on court coaching could be big um, for for an easy move. I'm seeing 1.77 at uh, at Pinnacle, which is I think what minus 130 ish. So you know that that's an intriguing price, but I'll yeah, I'll about. leave it there. Hope she gets through, and if she can get through, I think. Uh, Especially if she looks good against a decent clay quarter, I think she hammers Manella or Schmidlova, uh, um, and then the Sevastova match could be really interesting. So I'll I'll let her I'll let it ride and just uh, enjoy that one. What do you think, Spread Anisimova? Look look good in advance here. Yeah, I don't. I'm surprised at the number though. Um, I'm over on five dimes. She's at minus minus one thirty five. Um, so, at that number, I don't necessarily uh, like it. I think Martich is kind of being under understated here. I think it's a tough first-round match, and I think, um, from a fan's perspective, it's probably the most entertaining first-round match uh, in my mind. Um, so I do favor Anasimova to win, but I thought that I thought it would be much closer line. I thought it'd be like maybe minus one fifteen. So I will be staying off this match. Yeah, I, I think she gets it done, but uh, I'm staying away again. We haven't seen her on clay in a little while. But Mardich is tough. I mean, I've she's easily overlooked here on the tour because she doesn't have any really big weapons. But everything, you know, she is pretty consistent and solid in all areas. And um, if Anisimova doesn't play her best, uh, Mardich will, will win. So plus 115 isn't enough to jump on the dog side, though, either. So... Um, you know, they did a good job of lining this match. To yeah, I think it is. A yeah, I, I think. All right. Um, well, first of all, I just want to say the up. reason why you're, you shouldn't be spending too much money on this round is because uh, not just the first round curse that spread has, but um, you also have a lot of uh, 
crazy, crazy disparity lines. Like Kennan <laughs> is a huge fave. Siegmund, you're seeing a bunch of these, but you're also got a lot of players. Like, do you want to bet on Shelby Rogers versus Evgenia Rodina? Like, we're all, what are you doing with that match? Mandy Manella and Anna Karolina Schmidlova? Like, nope. how on earth do you get reads on some of these matches? There's just a lot of stuff. Nope. Yeah, uh, Petkovic and Lepchenko. You just forget that they're like, playing. Like, where is your angle you gotta, there? You get noobs to run ITF um, numbers. Puig and Irani is lined perfectly. Irani on, on quicker clay at only plus 125. I mean, that almost... It almost entices me to bet Puig. I I'm mean, that's bet way too low for me. I think the one that I would that I would say might be interesting is Veronica Kudermatova is a huge dog to Kaya Kanepi. That should be almost evens. They play very similar styles. I think Kudermatova is probably a better mover. Um, it, this isn't like true clay, and Kanepi not a great clay quarter anyway. So I'll probably get something in on Kudermatova is what I would say might present some value there. Um but that's about it. This, I, Oh, another one. Here's another blockbuster first-rounder. Pauline Parmentier and Ali Kick. Wow. I can't wait to watch that one on demand for two hours. Just That's something I want to do. I can't wait to watch that one on demand. I wish we could... I wish we could have a fan vote, like one match per tournament. We just vote to get rid of it and pick two lucky losers. Just like congratulations, thank you. Um, you know, we're so glad about your main entry, oh. but you know, the people decided they'd rather see someone kick? else. Really? Um, that would be amazing. Uh, so this is this is a premier four seventy event. With two You're giving me Parmentier and kick. Cool name. <laughs> it's not great. Uh, no, I, I don't think oh Premier and 470. That's international. Like that, that sounds more like Monterey. Like if that match was in Monterey, I'd be like, okay, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Could be a good ITF final. All right, spread any other matches you want to talk about in the first round before we wrap it up? No, you know I'm still on first round hiatus, so I'm you know I'm kind of throwing in my thoughts here or there and. Uh, I'm not even tailing you guys on the first round. I'm just a complete spectator, and it's kind of fun to switch back and forth. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, I hope you really enjoyed it. We had quite a bit of fun. Um, It's going to be an exciting week here. We've got Charleston, which should be pretty good, and I think some of these Monterey matches will be fun too. So make sure you're following us on Twitter. I'll be doing my daily write-ups on deepdivemedia.co, but you can follow me at underscore noops. You can find Jorge at TWTS tennis you know hopefully we can get them to give out one or two free plays this week um and spread a stare who will be tweeting some point after the first round at spread a stare and of course be following the podcast at net worth pod we appreciate you guys and thanks for listening good luck in all your wagers